Audio. This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with an excellent comedian and a podcaster, Brandy Posey. Thank you. It's good to be here. Uh, Yeah, thank you for coming (laughs) and doing this. Yeah. So uh, for people listening, can you tell them a little bit about who you are, what you do, all that kind of stuff? Uh, My name is Brandy Posey. I'm a fantastic comedian, as was just just (laughs) stated. Uh, uh, I'm also a podcaster. I have a show, a podcast called Lady to Lady with uh, Barbara Gray and Tess Barker. And it's the three of us just riffing with gal pals every week and just having a blast. If you uh, like brunch conversations, that's kind of what it feels like. It's okay. just ladies riffing over eggs without the eggs. You're the eggs, basically. Oh, the audience is the eggs. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's uh, nice. Whatever kind of ab- eggs you feel like being that Oh, day, nice. You know? Mashed. Yeah. Is that, that, that's mashed. kind of an egg, right? Mashed? Oh, ma- mm. Mashed eggs. Mashed eggs. I haven't had food today. There's something wrong with me. I might have had a little sip of whiskey. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Perfect. It's early in the day. Yeah, I'm eggs, not proud of myself. Eggs will be your whiskey, too, or whatever. <laughs> whatever we need. Whatever keeps you alive. Nice, We're nice. the thing. Become is, dependent on us. <laughs> is it just generally, is it like truly whatever we feel like talking about that day or do you guys come with topics or ideas well we have like so it's a three segment show and the first segment is mostly us just like catching up because like we're all so busy that it's the only place we really get to like hang out and hear about something that happened yeah so like it's just us catching up and then like our guest is a part of that too and then we play like a sleepover games with them in the second segment (laughs) we're really fun we have one game um uh um, called confession session where the four all four of us text our producer um, uh, a confession and then he makes up a fifth one and then we have a robot voice read them and then we have to guess who's is who's <laughs> and even after knowing each other this well you, yeah do you guess accurately all the time not all the time because there's still a couple of things that we're like oh or it'll be like little things that it's got it's hard for us to come up with them because we talk about so much stuff on the show yeah so it's kind of hit a point now where we're like okay well Oh, yeah, here's a weird thing that I forgot that ever happened. Have you ever felt the need to go out and do something weird to have a new confession? (laughs) Well, I don't, but my co-hosts, like, definitely do that just in case. Just in case? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they get a little bit crazier than I do. (laughs) Excellent. Um, So I am very intrigued by your obsession topic. (laughs) You offered me two, and I had to go with this. Mm -hmm. You are obsessed with Jim Carrey. Yes. Okay. Yes, have, so, have been for a very long time. I would imagine that that's not a sudden obsession. No, I mean, it's a more casual obsession now than it used to be because I like like to think that we're kind of co-workers, but in very different strata. <laughs> we're on very right. different floors of the building, but, yeah. <laughs> you know. But you do the same thing. You're yeah, both yeah, comedians. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, you might be working more than Jim Carrey is right now. Is he doing a lot? He is executive producing uh, I'm Dying Up Here, that new HBO oh, uh, or, okay. uh, or new Showtime uh, stand-up show that I, just, I literally just watched the pilot last night. And it is rough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you dying as you watch it? I'm dying on my couch. A little bit. <laughs> is it because it is bad or is it too much focusing on the like stand up comedy is really hard and only fucked up people do it's, it? It's that. Yeah. It's, it's just like there's a scene where like um, I don't want to give I don't want to give too much of the pilot away because it's yeah. like honestly if you like to hate watch things like 100% <laughs> get behind hate watching this. OK. But there's a character that uh, passes away. And uh, in the opening, they're just like, should we do a memorial in a church? And the woman that plays, like, the Mitzi Shore version of that person is a woman named Goldie. And she goes, we're in a church oh, about the, the comedy club that they're in. So it's just, it's so self-serious. Yeah. And, like, it's it's really... It's a hell of a thing, and he executive produced it, which I don't know how much that how involved he actually is with that. But, yeah. But okay. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I'm not even sure if I can make myself watch it. Yeah. I mean... 
if if like it's a good like if you're sick and you need to sweat something out, <laughs> I think that's probably what okay. it's good for. Yeah, that's what I'll do. I'll get some whiskey. I'll mash some eggs. Yeah, I'll watch. I'm just, yeah, it's that just, will make you very sick. So <laughs> <laughs> it just looks so much like I understand comedy is really hard, and in specific clubs Oof. there is a competitive. Uh, edge, yeah, but, but I hate losing the focus of. At some point, it yeah. does have to be about joy, yeah, because it's know, not a physical fight against the audience. Exactly. At some point, it does have to be like, no matter how miserable I am, or yeah. no matter how miserable you are, the mm-hmm. point is to enjoy one another for a moment. Also, I'm just like really tired of hearing about how like tortured comics are all the time. Yeah. It's like, all right, yeah, but like you can also work on having a nice life. <laughs> that would be and fine it's too. Fine, and then yeah. you can also still be funny. Like, yeah, don't. You're actually just a monster. <laughs> Speaking of tortured comedy monsters, let's yes! talk about Jim Carrey. Get into it. <laughs> so, when did you first get hooked? What was your first moment of knowing and feeling the existence of Jim Carrey? So, um, I was in like second or third grade when Ace Ventura 2 came out. Okay. And I went to go see it in the theaters. Um, Is gra- that when Nature Calls? When Nature Calls, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's when Nature Calls. And... My my brother and I, my we dragged our grandmother to take us to it. She <laughs> never forgave us until the day she died for taking her to Ace Ventura too. Literally, she would every time that she saw me, she would be like, "Do you still like that Jim Carrey?" Was it the first question? Really? Yeah, yeah. She wow. she was like from Sicily, Italian, Latin, okay. mass Catholic. Like, and the moment where he comes out of the rhino's butt naked. In that movie was the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. And like something snapped in me and I was like, this is like anarchy in a way that is so hilarious. Yeah. And like, I, how the hell do you do this for a living? Like not, I don't like live on a rhino naked, but like, you yeah. know what I mean? It's just like that, that kind of comedy that's just like so crazy and over the top. Like I was always kind of like a quiet, a quiet kind of introspective kid. And like okay. he's, he was such the extreme version, like the opposite end of that yeah. spectrum that it was just like. Oh, even getting towards that in some way would pull me out of my shell. So okay. I was, I just like was obsessed with everything that I did. I talked like Ace Ventura for like years as a child. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll put a pin in that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so was it really like you were cognizant of, hey, this is a way that I can be loud and proud? Kind. It was not so much of that, so much as just like, um, I, I think I was always afraid of like embarrassing myself. Yeah. And to see somebody go so far <laughs> and to be so embarrassing, but also yeah. to own it and like be able to, it just made me fearless. Yeah. Just to like not, I never wanted to be that. Like in my comedy is like nothing like that at all, but it's just like this, it just represented this like, oh, you can do anything. Okay. You, yeah. it, it, it like broke a mold that I had in my head for like what I needed to be to not be made fun of or whatever. Yeah, that I makes guess. sense. Now, yeah. I've never seen Ace Ventura 2. Did really? you say when he comes out of the rhino's butt yes. or off of the rhino's butt? Out of the rhino's, out of the rhino's butt. So there's okay. a scene where he's in a ro- robotic rhinoceros <laughs> okay. and he's spying on somebody and the fan inside stops working. So he like... <laughs> Oh man, like explaining a scene <laughs> as a 33 year old woman is very weird. And the fan stops working, so it's just like in the Sahara Desert, basically. Okay. And he's just like sweating in this rhino, and he's like, awfully hot in these rhinos. <laughs> so he starts taking his, he takes his clothes off and he pulls off his like tiny whiteies and like dripping with sweat. Yeah. And he like can't, the, the, uh, it gets so hot that the door is melted shut so he can't get out the way that he got in. It's like there's only this one pinpoint of light coming in and it's yeah. through the rhinoceros' asshole. <laughs> so it's this insane scene of like him getting out of this rhino but this rhino giving birth to him basically yeah. and this family pulls up on a safari and watches it and yeah. it's like watching them be like, oh, the rhino mother's giving birth. <laughs> to like, And it's just him going for broke. Okay, and, just forcing his way out. Yeah, screaming and just like, it just... 
it's it's an insane scene and yeah. it just it it really it kind of fucks you up a little bit <laughs> <laughs> and this was it. literally your birth moment of comedy you feel basically like i always loved comedy before that but that was the most outrageous thing i'd ever yeah. seen and like at that age it just like hooked me in a way that i was like i i don't i don't know what this is because it was like comedy that was also like a little bit punk rock because yeah. it was just like so so messed up and weird that it was just this like insane crazy moment that i was like uh, i want more of those all the time <laughs> right so it didn't feel like pandering of like we're doing really no. easy slapstick comedy we're like we're gonna do insane things and we don't we don't give a fuck what you think about our rhino butt act i mean yeah to, <laughs> to some degree yeah that's kind of what i felt like to yeah me. it just like was very i'd never seen anything like that before okay and was yeah. it that moment that also offended your grandmother uh, that and several others. She, she just hated the movie. Okay. <laughs> she hated all of it so much. She just, she like wouldn't take us to go see The Mask after that. Okay. Like she would never take us to like, and you know, she like would never take us to another Jim Carrey movie again. She just was, yeah. if he was on the TV and she came over, she'd be like, ugh. She hated, <laughs> like a personal vendetta okay. against him. Did which made have... me love him even more because I never oh. liked her. <laughs> okay, that's what I was going to ask. All yeah, right, yeah. so that was fine because she he was an enemy against grandma. Yeah, well, yeah, like, and she was always like, I, I had two grandmothers and my, my one my other grandmother was like really awesome and great and like had snacks for us and took us to go like the horse farm and stuff. And this grandmother was like, You come over, you do chores, you eat saltine crackers, you don't speak to us. Oh, like right. she was like very like like I said, like Latin mass Catholic, like very like old country lady. And um she just she she was just she was just awful. And the fact that it like offended her so much also made me, I think, love it even more of just like, oh, this is how you get under grandma's skin. Right. So you had your own like uh Margaret Dumont from the Marx Brothers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Be, like the stiff person who that comedy is meant to break and irritate. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So you said you quoted the movie a lot. How did you express <laughs> your love of Jim Carrey? Did you start like getting old movies? Did you start watching old stuff? Just yeah, I, well, talking as him? <laughs> to this day, I have not missed the opening day of a Jim Carrey movie <gasps> since Ace Ventura 2. Really? That's a tradition that I keep for myself. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That, so you, that includes some stuff, too. So yeah, you have not been <laughs> bucked off this Bronco, no nope. matter what. No. there have been some ups and downs. There's definitely been some ups and downs, but I will say, even on the downs, there are interesting things in them that I see why he did them. Yeah. And it, he's never half-assed a role, which I appreciate. And, yeah. And I'm always kind of curious to see. I mean, he's crazy as fuck, though. Like, I mean, he's, like, an insane person. And I never actually want to meet him. I'm terrified of the okay. idea of meeting him. Because <laughs> I, like, don't – he means – he, like – means too much to me for like too long for yeah. me to like want to want to mess that up at all do you feel like meeting him would just uh ruin the love that you have for him or is it just more like it's pointless i have a relationship with him and i like this relationship yeah i think it's more that like i think i don't think it would ruin anything but i think it would ground it in a way that i just i i don't know pe- people aren't perfect and yeah. i don't i don't and not that I think, like, the version in my head is perfect, because, you know, this is also, like, such a childhood obsession I've had forever, so it's, like, I understand all of that now. I don't have, like, pictures of Jim Carrey all over my house now or anything. Yeah. But it is <laughs> but it is just, like, I what, what he meant to me at a, at a time was, like, so important that I don't want him to, like, cast it off and it mean nothing or, or, or anything. Right. Like, oh, that makes yeah. sense. You, you don't know? want him to have a sort of, uh, whatever, that's great, I've heard from yeah. a million fans. You yeah, want it to yeah. be special to you. Yeah, exactly. I think that makes sense. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there's an interesting connection that people can get with an uh, artist where they almost get past sort of the art to mm-hmm. the human up yeah. to a point. Mm-hmm. And, like, the thing you said about you can always see where he was going with something, yeah. even if it didn't work, is yeah. fascinating to me because I think that's why I like people like George Lucas. I enjoy the prequels more because than most yeah. people do because 
mm-hmm. that perspective of almost getting to the point of like, you are a weird yeah. human and you might not always make good art yeah. necessarily, mm-hmm. but I'm relating to you on this different level where I could like, nice try, buddy. Yeah, exactly. We are like, okay, I, I understand why you did this. It's like... Um, the number 23 is, like, the one that everyone kind of shits on. And it's, is like... Is that a movie? I don't even know Oh, one. yeah. It's a movie uh, about numerology being evil. <laughs> where okay. There's a book that... It, I don't even know how to describe the number 23. It's a thriller movie that Jim Carrey's a star of. He gets bit by a dog, and then he finds this book that's okay. about him. But did he write it, or did he not write it? All, all totally serious. All no, t- no rhino no. butts. No, no, no. No rhino butts. It's completely serious. Okay. But there, and there is also, like, whenever he's reading from the book, it shows you what it... Like, it acts it out. But, like, the version of him that's acting it out is, like... He has, like, tribal tattoos <laughs> and, like, a saxophone. It's, like, it's, but it's, like, not funny. Um, <laughs> you, you describe it as pretty damn funny. Yeah, I mean, like, to talk, I love talking about the number 23, but, okay. like, as to watch it, you're, like, I don't know. But also, it's, like, Joel Schumacher directed it, and, like, Joel Schumacher, like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was, like, okay. not, not, not known for. No. Pulling out some good hits. So that was their reunion movie then from yeah. the Batman one, right? After okay. Forever, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So was this a lonely obsession as a child? Or this was kind of in the height of his popularity. So did other yeah. people you know love Jim Carrey? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, my um, my best friend growing up also really liked him. And, I, yeah, like he was basically perfect for a decade, I think. Yeah. And everyone I knew... Or that I cared to know, basically, was a, a like loved him, not to the degree that I did. Like I was like the authority, basically. Yeah. Like this is before, before Wikipedia, and like yeah, I, I would like there was like this website, JimCarreyOnline.com. I was like a member of the message board. I have forgotten more facts about Jim Carrey than I have ever known about my parents. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I like yeah. know so much weird. I used to know so much minutia about like this is his favorite meal. And this is his you know this is his <laughs> shoe size, and like. <laughs> I like could not get enough of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I just was obsessed with there being like this person out there. I'm also like from Maryland and like um, and not from like a boony area or anything. I'm from like 20 minutes from Baltimore, but like I was I've always been obsessed with movies and stuff. And there okay. he was like this. Oh, he came from a weird place too because he's like from outside of Toronto, and he was like okay, he was actually like homeless for a couple of years as a kid. Like his childhood is really interesting, um, and like to to have seen him like the journey that he went on it like made me like steeled me i think as a kid about being like okay i can leave and do whatever I oh want. yeah I, I think it like really really pushed me in that way as a kid to yeah. be like okay i don't want to live here forever i love where i'm from but i like always felt weird and different and was like okay well this guy's different from everybody and he did it and he was a success so yeah, yeah. i think i would just was, oh, he's always been like this like I don't want to say the term spirit animal, <laughs> but like basically that for spirit me. Spirit human or? Yeah, it's yeah, spirit human. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Just someone someone to look up to. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. sometimes look sideways to like if necessary. Definitely been a hero for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I was reading his Wikipedia page mm-hmm. to remind myself of some of his career stuff. And I don't think I ever realized how long he was in the grind here in Los Angeles. Yeah. I didn't realize. I always thought of him as like I first saw him on In Living Color and it was like, mm-hmm. cool. Awesome. Yeah. Um. But I didn't realize that it had been, he did this standard sort of decade. Yeah. Grinding. Yeah, he put in all the work. Well, he, it's interesting because he, so I'll give you a quick backstory on like all of his stuff. Yeah. Because, so uh, when he was a kid, um, his dad was an accountant. And, and it was like right when uh, computers were becoming a thing and he was an older guy. And uh, he got fired uh, and he basically like couldn't 
get a job anywhere. So okay. his whole family like ended up moving onto this factory property. Um, and the deal was they could live there if they all worked there. So Jim Carrey went from being like a straight A student to like failing classes and stuff because he, he was to, working. He was an overnight security guard. Yeah, like that's what he did during like from I think in ninth grade is when he dropped out. So like that whole year or maybe 10th yeah. grade or something. Um, and the first comedy that he ever did is like his mom's parents would come down and they would like uh, berate his father and be like, you're a failure. You can't take care <laughs> of your family. And they would get drunk and be shitty to him. So like Jim Carrey's first performances were like riffing on his grandparents to his dad to make his dad not fucking kill himself, basically. Okay. <laughs> so like that's where his first impressions came from, where this just like, oh, I can use comedy to heal people, basically. Okay. Um. So the family, basically, they worked out in the factory for a couple of years. They were all like getting really bitter and angry. And they decided, we're just going to go live in a VW van bus instead. We need to just be free and figure something else out. And that's when Jim started like doing clubs and stuff like that. And his dad was his manager for a while. And he got somebody to come down to L.A. and um, was doing all the comedy comedy store stuff, like, you know, just grinding out down here. And he got this TV show called The Duck Factory. Okay. Um, and it he was like, oh, this is it. And he, like, moved his parents here. And then it only got picked up for eight episodes. <laughs> so he, like, had to send his parents back to Canada, basically. Because oh, really? he just couldn't, he couldn't afford to take yeah. care of them here. Like, they had, you know, kind of jobs and stuff. Um, and he just, like... From that moment, he like that. That's when. Have you ever heard the story about the check Mm-mm. with him? So when he sent his parents back to Canada, Jim Carrey, the, the story goes, he like drove up to Mulholland and like looked out in Los Angeles and wrote himself a check for ten million dollars, post dated ten years in the future. Okay, of just like okay, this is my goal. It was like the secret before the secret was a thing, and he like would keep it in his wallet and would look at it every day, and that was his motivation to be able to like take care of his family, basically. Yeah, and basically within ten years is like when he got like um, the cable guy, which was like his biggest payday. Okay. So it's like, you know, very like motivational, crazy story. But yeah, he like grinded it out and had all these huge ups and downs before In Living Color hit. And then it's things started kind of increasing incrementally. But the year, everything was kind of whatever until I think it's 94 or 95. Um, that's when Ace Ventura, the first one. Okay. The Mask and Dumb and Dumber all came out in the same year. All in the same year? Yeah, that's all in one year. Wow. And, like, he went from, like, a nobody to stratospheric out of everywhere. Yeah. And his first, like, five or six movies all made over, like, $100 million for comedies. Like, he was, like, you couldn't touch him. Yeah. Because then he got Batman Forever was maybe within that first, like, two or three years, too. Yeah, I want to think that. Yeah, I can't remember when yeah. that was. Yeah, uh, I'm horrible with dates. <laughs> maybe 94 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. 93, 94, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so... If you were going to, you know all of his movies, obviously. Yeah. You know his whole backstory. Mm-hmm. If you were going to pick one movie to put like in a time capsule or if aliens showed up and said, we understand Jim Carrey is important, show oh, us. Geez. Would it be that Ace Ventura, would it be that the hot spot of his 90s stuff or would it be some of his more experimental, dramatic stuff? Oh, boy. It's hard because like, that's a hard question because I think that like, uh, Man, <laughs> I would want. I would want. I would want to. Ideally, I would put two in. Uh, okay, I can't though. Um, okay, fine. I'm, you can't. I'm put your questions. Okay. Um, I think I would put in. I think I would put in the first Ace Ventura just as like this is the purest form of who this guy is because yeah. he he rewrote that whole script. Like, oh, okay. It was originally um, supposed to be a Brian Regan movie weird yeah and then brian regan couldn't do it for whatever reason and then jim carrey got it and then he rewrote the entire script so i think it's like such a pure 
yeah, it's such a pure movie of like, this is who this guy is. Yeah. Um, and it was like the beginning of his roller coaster too. It's so hard though. Cause it's like, man, I also think, I also think the same thing is true for like the cable guy a little bit. Cause like he, there's, there's a darkness behind all of his characters. Yeah. That I, I, I think that's the most we've actually seen it run free. Yeah. You know? Cause like, and then nobody would let him do that again, basically, which sucks because the cable guy is awesome. But <laughs> yeah, and the story you were telling me about mm-hmm. his origins of yeah. comedy, and mm-hmm. obviously some of that can be a little massaged or apocryphal, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. But it has that great darkness and humanity to yeah. it that I don't think people associate necessarily with Jim Carrey. Yeah, you wouldn't think so, but then it's like, but then you think back and you're like, oh no, there's like two. I think to to throw yourself around with such abandon and commit so hard as he does with everything, you have to have like know that oh wait i'm gonna get embarrassed i'm sorry i slept in a van for three years the entire family. <laughs> like okay cool like it, the, there's yeah. like something like the stakes are so different for somebody that's like been to the edge of whatever right and it doesn't need to be perfect yeah yeah that's mm-hmm. a great eh, i slept in a van i don't give a shit yeah exactly uh, <laughs> so you obviously you became obsessed with him as a comedian mm-hmm. and you learned about him as a human being yeah did you Do you think that you are or were obsessed with him as a human being to the point where you're like, ah, that secret thing, that proto-secret thing, like, I should do that. (laughs) Have you emulated him? Um, I wouldn't say I've emulated him. Like, I, I looked at him as a source of inspiration, though. Yeah. You know, like, I, when, when, like, whatever I'm like, ugh, comedy's hard, like, I do, like, kind of think about, like, well, you know, you've been very fortunate in other ways that like he hasn't. And, you know, I mean, I, I think it's more like a role model thing than okay. like, than anything else. Like I never, it was funny when I was in like uh middle school and stuff, people would be like, Oh, you have like a crush on Jim Carrey. And I was like, it's not that, but I like, didn't know how to, I didn't yeah. know the words for it yet. Yeah. Cause it'd be like, Oh, you have a poster of him on your wall. And I was like, no, it's cause like I, I respect him. I really respect this guy. Yeah, <laughs> and like where he's like come from. Yeah, basically. And there was there ever even when you were young a like ah I like comedy so I am attracted to comedy guys so mm-hmm. this hero I look up to I find attractive or was it just like he totally was, always disassociated from anything? It was always disassociated from that. Like I was I was never attracted to him just because it was this like he was so larger than life to me that it just didn't the. It's like being I, attracted to a mountain. Yeah, yeah, basically. I just was like, I don't even, I wouldn't even know what to do with that. <laughs> How could you even handle that? Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like, it just seems like, I mean, it just seems crazy. I just was, and, and I also think I was also like, I didn't think this as a kid, but it was like, oh man, the power balance would be so off <laughs> if we like did get together. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're just like, oh, I don't, I, I always knew I never wanted to be somebody's assistant. <laughs> yeah. And I was, and I always felt like if you dated somebody that was so huge like that, you would just have to be that. It's right. so hard to like have that. Have that, yeah. yeah. Have an honest relationship mm-hmm. when there are huge differences. Yeah. Um. So uh, obviously physical comedy is a huge part mm-hmm. of what, to me, I always see him as like the for a time he was the new Jerry Lewis. Yeah, mm-hmm. like and I Jerry Lewis. If you want to talk about uh, complicated obsessions, jeez, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I yeah. I really like and admire Jerry Lewis, and in many ways, I see what he was trying to do yes. at different times. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes successfully, most of the times not. Just um, people would stop interviewing him. Now. Yeah, just like, he please. he was he made it really clear he doesn't have much that he needs or wants to say to you. Yeah, and if you do get him to say something, it's probably going to be something rather dated and awful. Yeah, so just let <laughs> just let Jerry be. Yeah, exactly. New hashtag, just let Jerry be. <laughs> but um, I do think there is a power in physical comedy. Yeah, I think physical comedy is looked down upon a lot. 
Yeah. I think it's often done pretty poorly, but mm-hmm. Jim Carrey was his great renaissance. Yeah. Do you, how do you feel about physical comedy? And do you think we're due for a new figure like Jerry Lewis or Jim Carrey? I mean, I love it because it, not, there's nothing will make me laugh harder than seeing somebody fall down. Yeah. Like, like that, that's the funniest thing that's ever happened. <laughs> or even just like, I remember even like um, Conan O'Brien's a huge, a huge deal for me too. I love Conan. And okay. Conan always just talking about how like if a monologue joke isn't hitting, he'll just drop down out of the screen and reappear on another side. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, it's yeah. so stupid, but it makes people laugh. Yeah. Like it's, it's a weird escapist thing. Cause physical comedy is also like the most, the most, escapist form of stand-up in the sense that I think like or, or not stand-up it's comedy in general that like oh that should hurt you but it didn't yeah. so you're physically okay like that just is different than everything yeah I could see I mean I could see it having a comeback just because like I think we're f- rounding out this cycle right now of like comedies that are about like don't have tight scripts and, yeah. <laughs> and are three hours long <laughs> and I think that those are kind of like we've run that course and it's time for like a switch back to more like a high concept kind of snappy stuff. Yeah. You know, I think, cause it, I, I think, I think it's time to head back in that direction again. Like that was hot for a minute and then it went away. And I think it's like, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's so hard right now too though, because like with, with the way movies are made, like studios don't like making comedies cause they don't make money yeah. or they don't make the kind of money that like they, they want to make overseas. Like comedy doesn't translate you know, internationally as well sometimes. Yeah. So, I mean, but like there's indie comedies available and stuff. Yeah. Um, But they do seem to retreat toward feeling more safe about making comedies if they make them more safe and predictable, which is about the worst thing you can do for physical comedy. Because like you're talking about, Mm -hmm. it's that it's that sense of danger. It gets to something so Mm -hmm. basic and primal of. Yeah. We are humans. We are intelligent beings. We should be able to stand. Whoop. Nope. Yeah. You're a hot mess. Every mm-hmm. you know, you we really don't control much, I, and that's why I love physical comedy because it says kind of deep psychological reminder of like yeah. we're not actually super in control of anything, yeah. even the ability to just take two steps without falling over. Exactly. Uh, and so, like, I feel like making that predictable mm-hmm. is why people hate physical comedy. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, if you see it coming a mile away, like it has to be that like it has to be written in a way that you don't it's misdirects constantly yeah. you don't expect what it's about to happen is about to happen if you see it coming then you're like okay fine but like when something just delights you out of left field it's, yeah yeah and it has to have an element of like i was gonna say actual violence i don't mean yeah. a feeling of violence a well, feeling of you know like there's the word that's why completely. it's called slapstick and yeah. breaking you know yeah absolutely well it's like um one of the other funniest moments I, I like it will make me laugh every single time I see it is in Zoolander, the orange mocha frappuccino scene. Yeah. Where like the gas station blows up <laughs> and it's so stupid. <laughs> but like you do you don't you it comes out of nowhere. It's so violent. Yeah. And you don't you don't care. It's so funny. And it's just like I remember the first time I saw Zoolander like nine times in theaters. Okay. So but it also like that's like how I got over nine eleven, so that's fine. <laughs> it's like legitimately what I did. I just saw Zoolander like a million times in theaters. <laughs> Never forget Blue no, Steel. No, absolutely not. <laughs> okay, so you clearly love uh, an element of physical humor and an element mm-hmm. of uh, really embracing getting to humanity by super embracing the absurd. Yeah. So has that affected your stand up? Do you ever want to be more physical in your stand up? Uh, I've been playing with it more lately, not like doing pratfalls or anything like that, yeah. but just being more active on stage when I'm acting stuff yeah. out a little bit. Um, 
and I've, I've been doing comedy now for about nine years, and I think like in the last year or two, I've kind of felt like okay, now I feel I feel comfortable enough on stage that I don't really care what people think. I can yeah. kind of just mess around and whatever. And that's kind of I've been leaning more in like trying to like see if I can amp up a joke by pushing it to some degrees. Yeah, but I also just like the way I write is um, a lot of my jokes t- kind of tend to take like a um, like a grounded premise, and then I, I verbally extrapolate it out. So I I take it. I, I I try to like describe stuff as as much as I can. That that kind of takes it to like that kind of crazy place. Yeah. Also, like my I, I have a show that I run in L. A. called Picture This. That's comedians paired up with animators. And they oh, draw, nice. They draw your jokes behind you during your set, and like that is full on just slapstick comedy because I just bring my premises in and just mess around, and then like the guys are drawing like Looney Tune cartoons based on like premises, <laughs> and like that's nothing but slapstick, you know. Yeah. And so it's like that's. Yeah, so I guess yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, it, it has a ma- massive influence on. Yeah, me. yeah. The picture mm-hmm. of this I can see is that's a yeah. really cool way of mm-hmm. introducing the visual to stand up. Yeah, it's it's really really fun and just like I can if if you got, the guys who get and women we get to draw on there are like all really talented so I can and they're all like dark and twisted too because like <laughs> they love they love cartoons so like we can really just like push stuff as far as possible and like it's it's. Like I, the body counts in my sets are very high on that show. <laughs> I'm just murdering people constantly. Picture this: death. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nice. But whimsical death. Yeah. I think the if I'm remembering correctly, uh, the last time I saw you do comedy, mm-hmm. you took your shoes off. Oh yeah, at Harlequin. Yeah, at yeah. At Harlequin, mm-hmm. and you were very uh, uh, physical. You were paced around. Yeah. And it was very raw because it was mm-hmm. talking about it experiences you had just had. Yeah. But I remember uh, <laughs> thinking the shoes off thing was fun because it did feel like. Wow, yeah. she doesn't give a fuck. Like in a good way of just that. Yeah. Like, uh, um, I'm fascinated with how we present ourselves as comedians because mm-hmm. I do think that there should be an element of presentation. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean polish. Yeah, it means just presenting an idea that has some sort of physical form and relates to those words coming out of our mouths. Yeah, exactly. There should be like some sort of point of like you should be exuding your point of view in yeah. some way, shape, or form at all times. Yeah. Yeah. In yeah, your set was I think mostly about a trip you'd taken with your father. I just yeah, I just gotten back from a thing with my yeah. dad. <laughs> so it really did feel like we were in like the family living room. Yeah. In like not having shoes on added to that or just like I need to tell you about some shit. Well, and it, to me, it was also like I, I was wearing flip flops already, and like I am loath to wear flip flops on stage. <laughs> but I, I literally just come down off of the mountain from see, from like seeing him. I was in Big Bear with him, and like I, um, I, I just felt like I needed to be grounded in my space. Whereas yeah. like I need to be touching the floor of my space. <laughs> I was like, that's kind of how it felt. Where I was like, I am. This is where I am now. I'm not in a car with him anymore. Right. This is where I physically am. <laughs> Remind like, yourself. Float away. Yeah. Take my flip flops off. Yeah. Yeah. So he is. So Jim Carrey obviously mm-hmm. is a controversial figure. It sounds like you have your own understanding of that, and yeah. you've made your peace with that. Uh, yeah. But how do other people see your obsession now, given not only like some of his like anti-vaxxer thing? Yeah, the anti-vax stuff is like, that's the hardest thing for me to deal with. Yeah. I, it's, and like, I, there's nothing to apologize for. Like, I mean, there's a lot to apologize for, but it's, there's no way to like, you know, it's just, <laughs> wish uh, he had different information. <laughs> yeah. That he could write a check that says, I am not an anti-vaxxer and yeah. put it in his pocket and that yeah. would become true. But for you, it's just like you accept him as a mm-hmm. human with flaws and that's yeah. where his comedy came from in the first place. So do you just see it as like, that's another flaw, but it's not so awful that I feel like I need to distance myself from this person? Yeah. I mean, I think to me, a lot of that stuff, he he has very pure intentions and he and he's a crazy person. Um, so who 
who has never had like you know formal education to a degree but yeah. he has he's also like been in every kind of therapy ever like he's talked about very openly about that like okay. he's like so he's like done ribbon dancing to try to figure out his dad you know what i mean like yeah. he's done all sorts of stuff like he has like he has um degrees in like several different like yogi studios and stuff like that so he's already kind of woo woo already okay <laughs> cuz i think that's just like you know what i to have been at the pinnacle that he was i think you kind of need to get to a crazy place right. cuz so few people have understood that kind of fame and that kind of power um and so to me like the Annabeck stuff, I know it started out with, like, him going to, like, um, with Jenny McCarthy being a part of, like, the Green Your Vaccines movement, which yeah. is, like, by cleaning them up. Okay. And and I, I don't want to be a Jim Carrey va- anti-vax apologist, but I, I'm just, like, <laughs> explaining, like, how he yeah. how he gets to that point. So I think that, that which, and that, that makes sense, where it's like, okay, yeah, maybe if they're not as pure as they should be they should be purified if yeah. that if that is what you've been told then i can that that makes sense to me but then the snowball rolls and rolls and rolls and then when you're told that you're wrong about something you dig in deeper on it right and i i wish that he would walk that shit back yeah but i'm happy at least that he's gotten very quiet about it like yeah. when him and jenny broke up i think it, he like kind of basically stopped talking about it and yeah. i think it kind of I wish he would publicly be like, hey, I was wrong. But I also get why not? Because he gets attacked for everything he does online. So, yeah. you know, I, I'm i just glad that he's just not talking about it anymore. Yeah. And it's it's it, it's it's deeply embarrassing that he was a part of that movement because <laughs> it's so gross. I have I have like a, a anti-vax joke on my on my album about it. About, not about him, but about just like how stupid that is <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean it, it, you bring up a good point about how much he has been criticized so yeah. you, on one side you have this mm-hmm. level of fame and power that yeah. normal humans can't quite relate to unless yeah. you've gotten close to it in some way mm-hmm. but then also just tons of criticism constantly yeah well because people don't think what he does is art to some yeah. degree and, and i remember people wanted him to fail at the cable guy like they wanted that movie to tank because i remember all the articles that were like oh jim carrey's streak is broken i remember those really yeah yeah and like 97 is when that movie came out and i remember being like this movie's good why does everybody hate him yeah. oh it's because he made 20 million dollars on a comedy like that because that was he was the highest paid comedian at that point okay. for that movie so you think people were kind of had the knives out just because he was breaking the system a bit i think so yeah i think people just like wanted it to stop like they were like oh he's getting too powerful and like he because he he like there was a moment where anything he touched he'd make 100 million dollars in the box office in the yeah. 90s you know i mean that that's just what happened and yeah i think people come people also like don't respect a lot of the stuff that he does that he does comedically yeah um and they don't respect his stuff dramatically either i mean like it's he's been in my opinion been snubbed from several nominations <laughs> for stuff yeah. you know i mean truman show and man on the moon he he won golden globes for both of them so he won but he didn't get nominated for either one of them and that's like really unprecedented with the yeah. academy you at least get nominated yeah, you and know. it seems like the Academy usually likes that, like, mm-hmm. look, these idiot comedians can yeah. sometimes do something right, so we'll give them a yeah. nomination at least. But yeah. yeah, he didn't get that. He didn't get, did he get anything for Eternal nope. Sunshine? Nope. Of the Spotless Mind? No, no nominations, no nothing. Okay. Yeah, right. which is crazy, because that movie is like, he that that is where he really, like, his acting chops in that movie are insane. I yeah. mean, it's I, I think a perfect film. I love I love I love Eternal Sunshine. Yeah, I have a tortured relationship with it, but I respect yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> it's more the ideas than anything Jim Carrey does. But I yeah, was going to yeah. ask you specifically about a thing you were talking about, which is the um, 
the fact that he is not well respected as a comedian, mm-hmm. much less dramatically, yeah. uh, co- other comedians in Los yeah. Angeles can be fairly critical. Mm-hmm. How how does your obsession with him work now when you are pretty much surrounded by other comedians? So like, if you put out a new, hey, I'm I'm classic Jim Carrey, I'm back, I'm doing slapstick. It's mm-hmm. like it's Jim Carrey poops on your lawn is the name of the film, and you're there <laughs> the first day. Yeah. And your other comedian friends are probably going to say snarky things or judge you. How do you how do you feel about all that? Oh, they, their taste is probably worse than mine. So, <laughs> <laughs> so screw them. <laughs> like, what's the thing you love that I can yeah. shit on? You know, it's like we all we all have stuff. It's like you know, it's it's interesting because I think that the people that I know that love Jim Carrey the most are like a very specific age. Yeah, like if he hit you. At that right time in the 90s, if you were a little bit older, you thought he was too juvenile because you were trying to be cool. Yeah. And if you were younger, you, like, didn't get to see his stuff. So you just, like, came to it too late. Before. Yeah. So you, so you came to his, like, later movies that weren't as good. Um, so, but if you were, like, like, I'm, I'm an 84 baby, and I think if you were born kind of within a couple of years of that, like, yeah. you, that's, those are the people that I know that, like, even if they haven't watched anything he's done in 20 years, they get a twinkle in their eye when they like think about him because he like meant so much when we were kids. Just those couple of movies were just like so over the top and crazy. Right. And it's like, you know, I'm also of the opinion that like I, whatever you, whatever you need to get through the day, I, as long as it's not hurting anybody, I'm not going to judge your thing. Right. So like, I don't know. People are into all sorts of dumb stuff that makes them happy for yeah. whatever reason. I'm, I'm not going to judge them if they're going to judge me. I just see that as them judging themselves for something that they're not willing to yeah. work out for themselves. So they're going to put it on me and I'm cool. So yeah, you know, that is, that's their I problem. think that's a great perspective. <laughs> like, Hey, this is what gets me through my days. Yeah. Jim Carrey being pooped out of a rhino's butt. Yeah. It's fine. It's hilarious. It, it's hilarious. It's funny. We, we all work really hard. This is a really grinding business. Yeah. And, um, I don't know, wherever you can take little moments of escape that make you laugh or whatever and, and remind you of why you wanted to do it in the first place. Like, yeah. Why not? Why not? So we're going to move on to our how obsessed are you questions. Okay. So these are questions I ask or variations of them. I ask everybody. Mm-hmm. Do you think about Jim Carrey every day? Probably, yeah. At least... Some more, some small way, yeah, yeah. probably. Uh, do you think more about his specific roles, or do you think about your relationship with him, how you've kind of walked through life with Jim Carrey? It's, a lot of it is like, there will be a quote from something, because he's like so quotable in yeah. the 90s that there will be like something, I'll see something and it'll like pop a dumb line of his in my head, and, okay. and then I'll, I'll like, that, that'll make me think of him, so it's... Kind of just like stuff that just reminds me of him or his movies like every right. day, basically. How often do you say you just have a good think about Jim Carrey where like maybe like a quote comes into your mind mm-hmm. and it's a time where you have some some peace yeah. and you just stare off into the horizon and you actually <laughs> think about like just ponder because you're ponder obviously him. very thoughtful like some people yeah. when they do obsessed it's like a it's a discovery process yeah for them and like mm-hmm. you seem to already know exactly how why when yeah he means something to you mm-hmm. so do you find yourself reflecting on that? Uh, more, more and more. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think I really sat down and had a good think about why he was such a big deal to me. Like, it's, it's like definitely an obsession that kind of like comes and goes like depending on, on what I have going on or whatever. Okay. Um, he's like a source of like strength for me when I need it basically. Oh, nice. Or, or something that it's like, oh, or a, a cautionary tale. I think <laughs> he kind of can be both, be both of those things. Okay. Nice. If a friend at a party said something mean about Jim Carrey, would you defend him? Yes. 
Okay. <laughs> and and I have. <laughs> I have so many times. Yeah. I absolutely have. Yeah. <laughs> so is it a, will you go down like your list of like, this is why the comedies are good mm-hmm. or, uh, I'll base the only thing I won't I won't defend the anti-vax stuff like I won't okay. I'll be like you know what you're right I wish you didn't do that yeah um, uh, but his comedies I'm just like comedy is subjective you probably suck to somebody yeah. you know it's like I don't know <laughs> also it's like why does any comedian making a living like should make you happy <laughs> you know because yeah. it means that we're still bankable <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah have you uh, have you ever I don't want to say um, mm-hmm. have you ever feel like you have gotten nowhere on those conversations where you mm-hmm. feel like I have to walk away from this person because they don't respect Jim Carrey. I probably, ha- you know what? Yeah, I definitely have. Because I remember some guy in college uh, was like a dick about it. And I and I remember just being, but here's the thing. I also like don't care what people think of me. And yeah. I'm also like very, I guess, kind of snobby where it's like if you're kind of shitty. I, I don't I don't like cynics for the sake of being cynical. Right. Like I, I think I'm a, um, I'm I'm a short-term cynic and a long-term optimist is how I think I think we're That's all great. I think we're like moving in a good direction as a whole over time but like short-term I don't I don't trust people like yeah until they prove to me <laughs> if that makes sense <laughs> yeah um and uh I yeah this guy was just like cynical just to just to poke the bee's nest and I was yeah. like okay I don't want anything to do with you. You, yeah. you don't matter to me. Yeah. Bye. You, you had one moment in this life to impress me, and now you'll be dust, and I won't give a fuck. Bye. <laughs> I want to hear Jim Carrey say that line in a movie. <laughs> you had one moment to impress me, and now you're dust. <laughs> That's great. Yep. <laughs> uh, I had this on my How Obsessed list to ask you, and you, mm-hmm. you already answered it, but I'm going to ask you <laughs> ask again. It again. Yeah. Would you want to be stuck in an elevator with Jim Carrey? Now, you said you didn't want to meet him. But specifically, stuck in an elevator. you're stuck in an elevator where it's not the like, I approach him at a red carpet yeah, yeah. and real quick say, I'm a fan. And he goes, yeah, whatever. But you have time to get to know his soul because you're stuck in an elevator. Stuck in an elevator. Actually, I would. I would think that would be interesting because I also like this is this is who I am. I'm like, oh, well, I would save him. <laughs> like, that's like, like, oh, I'll get us out of this elevator. And then I, and then I get to pay back like the guy that I've like loved forever, yeah. basically. So like that, that's. I don't know what that says about me, but my initial thought was like, "Oh yeah, well I'll get him out of that elevator. I'll take care of yeah. him." Like, have you I been just... stuck in a lot of elevators that you're they're confident, no. or is it? No, I just have weird confidence about survival survivalist okay. situations. Like, I truly believe that I would survive a plane crash, <laughs> like out of spite, <laughs> like completely out of spite. Like, I don't know where that comes from in me, but part yeah. of me is just like, "No, that's not how you go." <laughs> okay, you have control of your destiny a little bit. I like to pretend I do (laughs) (laughs) we all like to pretend that exactly so do you think you're in the elevator with Jim Carrey you have this confidence that you can get you both out of the elevator (laughs) do you do it immediately to impress him or do you keep him in the box a little while to get to know Jim Carrey uh I I think I think uh I think it would probably take a while to get us out yeah (laughs) just realistically so you wouldn't have to make that choice yeah exactly exactly and I, I I yeah, I, I also, like, wouldn't want him to feel trapped in any way. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm, like, taking these questions very seriously. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, like, I think, yeah, I think I would, I would genuinely be working to get us out. Yeah. But I wouldn't, because I wouldn't want, because, like, that would be horrible to make somebody feel like they were trapped with a person that they, like, <laughs> It is. So I'd be like, um, before I hit this button. This is actually an excellent sequel to Misery that I've come up with. <laughs> you can be stuck in an elevator with your favorite comedian. <laughs> So you would have to engage him in small talk. Would you engage him on his life, 
mm-hmm. your own life? Or would you try to find that sort of third thing that's a safe topic? Just like talk about comfort foods or something that has yeah. nothing to do with comedy. I think um, I think we're both like pretty thoughtful, intense people. So I think it would go to like just an intense like what does this mean place pretty quickly (laughs) for both of us where we'd both be like psychoanalyzing why we were in an elevator together. So I think we would like... Is this kismet? Is this purgatory? Yeah, Yeah. yeah, exactly. Which one is this? Like who do we represent to each other? Why are we both... How did we both get here? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's like we would just like psychoanalyze the situation uh, really intensely. And I would like try to be really cool about not letting him know that I know everything about him. Yeah. Well, if you ever want to do it, this sounds like an excellent one-person show yeah. that you could write. Yeah. <laughs> it's just your monologue. And we, we infer what Jim Carrey is saying based on what you said. Yeah. <laughs> if, uh, if the only way you could watch your favorite Jim Carrey movie again was by stealing it from Walmart, would you steal it? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, fuck Walmart. <laughs> they people. had one moment to impress you, and now they're dust. <laughs> yeah, I wish. God, I wish Walmart was dust. Uh, no, anything, anytime that you can steal something from Walmart without getting caught, steal it from Walmart. They're okay. an evil corporation that <laughs> is responsible for the downfall of lots of mom and pop shops and should yeah. be dealt with accordingly. Okay, so you heard it here first. Yeah. Go steal something from Walmart. <laughs> Here's the thing. You buy bananas at Walmart, get the organic, ring them up regular. At the very least, you should be doing that. That is your duty as, as a sip. As a citizen in this world. Yeah. Seriously, stick it to the man whenever you can. Also, don't buy stuff from Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> Understandable. Would you have a Jim Carrey themed birthday party? Um, I you say it like I haven't. <laughs> have you? Yeah. Oh, I want to hear about that. Oh, yeah. In 1998, I had, oh, God, no, it wasn't my birthday party. Mm, I threw a birthday party for him. That's what it was. That's even better. That's what it was. You threw a, okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Did people come? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had friends come over because it was like when um, something came out on DVD or something was around the same time. Okay. And I was like excited to watch it on, at home. Yeah. And um, and it was like fell, fell around his birthday. So I was like, cool, we're making a cake for Jim Carrey. We're having a Jim Carrey birthday. We're watching whatever the movie was. I forget what it was. Yeah, but 98, I have no. Is that, would that be Truman Show? It might have been Cable Guy or a Truman Show. It, if it was, it might have been. Truman Show, but Truman Show came out in June that year. Right. The only reason I know that is because it was the day that my friend Lindsay moved to Colorado. We she saw the movie with us, and then she got in a car and drove away. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. So how so how was it Jim Carrey themed? So it was on his birthday. You were watching yeah. the movie, but were there uh, like balloons with his face on them? Was the cake shaped like his body? So I used to have a um. Uh, one of those cardboard cutouts of the mask, like it was like, in my room. I brought yeah. it to college with me, and okay. like it would freak my roommates out. There was so there was a man in the room, <laughs> which made it even funnier to me. Um, so he was there. Uh, I think I had like posters and shit printed out. We watched a couple of his movies, and like yeah, it was a cake. Like nothing. There weren't like games or anything. There weren't like Jim okay. Carrey games, other than like just quoting him incessantly and annoyingly as children. <laughs> okay, and everyone was there was like all on board all the Jim it. Carrey train. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, like a lot of my a lot of my friends like loved him when we were kids, and then like even even still, I think people have like an appreciation for it. It's interesting right now because like um, I think I truly believe that he's going to have like a later career renaissance yeah. in like the next like maybe not next couple of years but like in the next decade or so just because everybody that's like my age that loved him is starting to amass a little bit of power in Hollywood right and now they're like 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 if I if I could make a movie I would write a part for him in it yeah to 
to just like give him something. Like I, I want to see him do like um, weird cameo parts that are like, hilarious <laughs> for a while and just like get him back in the public eye in a way that like with people that understand how to use him. Right. Because I think like he has been misused in a lot of stuff for years. What would your Jim Carrey vehicle be? Would it, Would you just do a cameo for him to rehabilitate his career or would you make it an entire Jim Carrey vehicle? I think oh, it dep- I think he needs a couple of cameos before okay. he gets behind the helm of a full on comedy because I think yeah. he I think he also what he does is it feels a little bit dated now without it, it needs it needs to we need to figure out how to use him correctly because yeah. he it, it's interesting because like comedy moved in a way that like has become all um it's like all ensemble comics comedies now yeah. and he was never really in, in ensembles like he was always like the star yeah although Dumb and dumber is like two people but like that's like classic comedy duo yeah yeah and it's also jeff daniels who's like an amazing actor that rules the occasion yeah. so you know um but i think i think it needing to figure out how he plays with others would be the thing okay like i would love to see like i wish that i love jack black i wish it had been jim carrey and tropic thunder Oh, I would have okay. died to have seen him in that part instead. Yeah, it would have been so funny. I like that. That's the kind of thing I, I want to see him in, like in a, a weird ensemble that's like a high concept comedy where he has like a lot of meat to work with, and yeah. then has one or two big, like physical comedy set pieces that he gets to do. Yeah, um, I don't know exactly what it is yet, but okay, yeah. I like that idea because that's mm-hmm. what worked for Jerry Lewis is to play the sort of meta roles and play mm-hmm. the grand old man of comedy yeah and so you know you can recontextualize that kind of physical comedy to like mm-hmm. you're not just trying to present a physical comedy you're saying like this figure yeah. embodies this older way that's now old enough to be cool again mm-hmm. exactly yeah and i think there's a way to there's a way to do it i also on the flip side of that would also love to see him in like um a ryan murphy show or uh or on like a very extreme gritty like uh like true detective type show or something <laughs> like i would love to because he has such good dark acting do- yeah. chops too and i would love to see him like tap into that with somebody that can do it correctly yeah that would be awesome if true detective season three was him and jeff daniels oh, oh playing God. it totally straight <laughs> oh think of it think of it secret dumb be, and dumber three it would be amazing yeah. that would be oh, that would be so cool <laughs> cool um yeah. Last few How Obsessed okay. Are You questions. Okay. If Jim Carrey was about to be attacked by a bear, would you try to save him? Yes. And that's just without question. Yeah, without question. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't know how to not do that, I don't okay. think. For, and, and to be fair, I don't know how I would be able to not do that for most people. Okay, you, so you would save most people from bears. Yeah. But Jim Carrey, up to two bears? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll take on two bears for Jim Carrey. I absolutely okay. would. Yeah. Uh, this is the final How Obsessed Are You question. <laughs> okay. It is a uh, weird uh, but I ask variations of it uh, okay. to people. If you could not watch a Jim Carrey movie without Jim Carrey first being punched in the crotch, would you still watch his movies? If you knew somewhere, somehow, when you sit down to watch this movie, Jim Carrey is being punched in the crotch. I would stop watching them. Really? I would, I would not want I would not want him to get hurt. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I also will say I have seen all of them enough times that I can quote them almost verbatim the whole way through. Okay. So it's like... Like I have, I haven't watched a lot of his stuff from the '90s in a long time, just because like I wore out VHSs of them back okay. in the day. So it's like I can almost just be like, "Oh, The Mask," and then I, like it flashes before my eyes, and I've seen the whole movie. You know, yeah. what I mean? it, it, that's what it feels like. Cause I've seen them so many times now. Okay. So yeah, yeah, and I, I wouldn't want him to get hurt. The okay. Wor- the world has has hurt him enough in, in, <laughs> in some ways. So no. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
what if it was a not a punch in the crotch, mm-hmm. but something that was not as painful as that? Okay. But elicited a fun physical comedy reaction from Jim Carrey, <laughs> like a little nipple twist. <laughs> I mean, that would be hilarious. <laughs> And I have a feeling he's probably into that. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you can find a way that it is joyful for him. Yeah, exactly. And absolutely. <laughs> uh, cool. I, you know, I wanted to ask, uh, you said something earlier on about you see his movies mm-hmm. the first time, the first day. Yeah. So, if you put out a new movie, mm-hmm. you wanted to come to it on the first day. Is there a little bit of a superstition with that? Like, how would you feel if you didn't make it the first day? I... It would um, it would make me a little bit sad because it it's been a tr- it's like a tradition that yeah. I've had for what that ni- it's not ninety five it's like twenty two years now yeah oh, almost twenty three <laughs> <laughs> um and uh it, I think it would just it would make me feel like uh I was living my life a little less whimsically I okay think. you know what I mean yeah where it's like that's the thing that that's that's something I've had since childhood that I've always done yeah and like to to lose that would be be a little bit sad yeah you know okay but it's not any sort of like secret level thing of no, like this I... is my talisman that keeps me alive <laughs> and seeing this no, no, movie. No, no no like i don't i don't think i'm like saving him or me when i do it i okay. think it's just like my 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 fan service basically i'm okay. just like it kind of feels I am like here for you buddy yeah yeah yeah. it's like bringing bringing flowers to the altar you know just yeah. like hey i'm i'm here i because i i want i still want him to you know have great box office openings just yeah. like hey this is me like contributing in the way that i can before yeah. i can do it in some other way yeah before i can write this movie for you yeah, yeah exactly before i can put you in something and like bring your career back and then, yeah and then we're best friends but not we don't talk to each other <laughs> <laughs> unless the elevator happens yeah well exactly. i like imagining that then that he puts out a new great movie you go to it on the first day and he gets a mild and enjoyable on some level yeah slight nipple twist (laughs) (laughs) and brandy is happy fingers crossed (laughs) for all of us (laughs) i ask people to make a noise to sum up their obsession what noise can you make to sum up your obsession with jim carrey oh geez um (laughs) uh what is that from that is from for those didn't see it you're the only person that saw it um i did like a snap i took and i did like a two fingers into eyes and then i made a fart noise that is from (laughs) ace ventura pet detective okay when he's like that's that's his like way of being like um i have i have the plan (laughs) that's the plan i'm on top of things yeah exactly nice Nice. uh so i rate people's obsession uh there's no judgment it's just comparing across all the podcasts because i'm super interested in people's obsessions no problem uh it's a scale of one to seven okay seven being the highest okay for fun we'll say it's seven rhino butts yes i like your origin story (laughs) i think you are six rhino butts obsessed with jim carrey yes yeah i think it's quite high because you're very aware of it yes yeah, I've I've I have like thought long and hard about like what he means to me in my in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's clearly like <laughs> big important things, like yeah. why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's like not like I, I like don't have any Jim Carrey tattoos because I feel like I've like seen because I can't you can't come back from that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would put me at a seven. But like other than that, I'm like pretty hardcore. Like at he's my guy forever. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Just short of tattoos. Yeah, basically. Like, I, I think... Yeah, like if, as long as he doesn't like murder somebody, <laughs> I think I'm 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 ride or die. I'm ride or die to the end. <laughs> ride or die or murder, which yeah, I yeah. guess is kind of the same thing. <laughs> anyway, 
Uh, that's great. So mm-hmm. can you tell people where they can find you on social media and any sure. stuff you want to plug? Yeah, yeah. Um, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Brandazzle. That's uh, two Zs. Um, and then I'm on Facebook at Brand- Brandy Posey, Brandy with an I-E, Posey with an E-Y, and I post all my shows and stuff there. Um, and then you can check out my, my website, brandyposey.com, for tour dates and stuff. I cool. tour the country a lot. And then I have a podcast called Lady to Lady. That's really fun. Uh, every week on Wednesday, subscribe wherever you subscribe to podcasts. And then in Los Angeles, I have a show, Picture This, uh, that happens monthly at The Virgil. It's a free show. That's Picture This show is all of our information but i also tweet it like crazy and then i have another monthly show in la called harlequin comedy which you did recently yeah and it's at a really great uh comic book shop in burbank uh the first friday of every month it is a ton of fun that show yeah it's yeah. really fun it's a warm inviting comic book shop yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> here's some quick plugs uh for this show and then we'll do our final questions cool you can follow me on twitter and instagram is at joseph scrimshaw you can follow obsessed podcast on twitter and facebook is at obsessed podcast for info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums and whatnot you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com you can also support obsessed by backing us on patreon for as little as one dollar a month you get access to our monthly patron only bonus episodes where i talk with my wife sarah about stuff we are obsessed about mm-hmm. in the moment for full info on that go to patreon.com slash joseph scrimshaw all right so final questions don't yes. have anything to do with the obsession they're just okay. weird fun questions cool which would you rather be able to do communicate with animals or control the weather Oh, animals. Yeah? Yeah, 100%. Are you just an animal person? You like yeah. animals? I, I have a dog that if I... The world could end tomorrow in a tidal wave if I knew what he actually was thinking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if I knew... He's so sarcastic looking and he shoots me these sideways gla- glances. I think he's probably the funniest thing that's ever been alive. But okay. I don't know for sure. Yeah. So if I could talk to him, it would be... That would be everything. So you'd want to find out what kind of material your comedy dog is working on. Yeah. So I'm like, what are you saying over there, buddy? You're so funny. I can't... Like, you're... Just the looks he throws me. I'm like... Yeah. Oh, my God. You're funnier than everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Great shade, dog. Cool. Yeah. If the government made a stamp of you, what would you want to be doing on the stamp? Mm-hmm. Probably like the... Uh, like the like an updated Rosie the Riveter type pose. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get compared to that a lot anyway. I usually wear my hair on pompadour and stuff, and she's awesome yeah so, yeah would you want it to have any sort of comedy twist would you want to be holding a microphone yeah you... I, exactly I, I would probably do something like something like that like it would be something some kind of play on that image. okay yeah how would you feel if it was the rosie the riveter pose but mm-hmm. then on your big bicep yeah there was a tattoo of jim carrey <laughs> i'll take it You'll if take i'm it. on a stamp sure the stamp, it's that's okay. fine right. yeah we can do it we can do it we can do it there instead of in real life it's good <laughs> fair enough the final question for okay. everyone on the podcast is what is happiness what is happiness? Um, happiness is being in a place that you love and being able to take a moment, taking a step back and knowing why you like it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think happiness is like the that moment of repose in a place that you love. Yeah. Yeah. But speci- So a lot of people would say that, of mm-hmm. uh, taking the moment to enjoy it, but yeah. saying... Uh, that happiness is also having yeah. cognizant realization mm-hmm. yeah. of why you enjoy it. I it's think pretty so. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's true. Like I was just in, in Vegas at um performing punk rock bowling this year and uh I had like a really great moment where I was just like sitting on the grass in between bands and there was just, it was the sun was down and there was like this breeze blowing and I like 
kind of just felt like a little separated from my body for a minute of just like, oh, wow, all of the things that have like brought me to this moment, like I, I made this happen yeah through like all of my decisions and everything. And just being able to like have those moments of like uh, pulling yourself out of the moment to understand why, why and how, how yeah. it happened. Like I that, think that's happiness for me. <laughs> that is a great answer. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you so much for doing the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> that is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. In case you don't see ya, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> From the Truman Show. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. <laughs>